Right about now, you are listening to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast. Lyric, uh, us. Happy year. Still to be happy about. You're up too old. Job's not finished. Legacy is what you leave behind. What does it take for you to be great? Keep it a hundred, bro, you know the answer. Pursuing your purpose, creating profits, building legacy. Anything less, how could you even fathom? Just sit back and imagine all that can truly happen when you pursue your passions. Yeah. So eliminate distractions and get back to the action. That's the law of attraction. You gotta build a team to build a dream. Family, faith, and focus counsel can only build a king. Are you prepared to reign? Cause whether you weather the weather, the weather won't change. Uh, whether you weather the weather, your weather won't change. Uh, stay true to the vision. Stay true to the mission. Gotta get to the finish. Take a moment to listen. And come and see it through our eyes. We'll show you what it means to live uncompromised. We're uncompromised. 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 We're uncompromised. Boom, back at you. This is Coach Jimmy G along with my homeboy, Leadership Dosen, also known as Devon Watts. And What's it, going on, and, entrepreneurs? Yes, uncompromising entrepreneurs. It is another edition of Cold Blue and Combos. So we're already on here talking, I don't know, a good 20, 30 minutes or so. So I drank most of my cold blue, but I got enough. And yeah, I got enough well, in me to, to be ready. Not just, yeah, not just talking, man, but uh, I saw the comment in there about the old school hip hop intro. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Um, we was listening to music uh, a little bit even before this. So we had a uh, a little that bit is- of cold, cold brews and crunk music. <laughs> cold brews and crunk yes. music. Um, but yeah, man, so most of the cold brews gone, but the conversations are just warming up, heating up. Um, so we were excited to you know get with our audience on this Thursday edition of Cold Brew and Convos because my man Jimmy G was being um, a great steward as a father, and we made the decision to postpone our Wednesday broadcast. <laughs> uh, we uh, made the decision to postpone our Wednesday broadcast so he can spend time uh, with the youngin. Um, yes. Check out the future of football in, in, the, in Orlando. In the Orlando, in Orange County, a freshman football game. Yes. Shout out to uh, to Angel, who is uh, hanging with us right now in the Facebook group, the Uncompromising Entrepreneurs Group. For our folks on IG, if you have not joined us yet, uh, make sure that you do so. Um, so also host of the Young Entrepreneurs podcast, uh, another fellow podcaster rocking out with us. So if you haven't checked out his podcast, please do so. He has phenomenal guests on there consistently. Um, so yeah, I got to got to show some love to Angel. But yeah, man, I was. Um, I dropped them off. So I wasn't like, you know, I was there sitting in a different, different spot, but, uh, 
Yeah, took uh, took Nia to her first uh, first high school football game. It was a freshman game, uh, but her first high school football game, nonetheless. And you know, yeah, did that thing. Picked up her friends and drove to Lake Brantley to see them play linemen. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm st- I'm old school Evans High School, bro. So you know, <laughs> class of '95 uh, championship. 91 like come on um <laughs> yeah. so it was good yeah, it, it was really it was, yeah. man high school was you know i don't want to digress too much but high school was it was just fun it was great great times great times oh, so you know sure. it brings back some memories uh for sure but what i was surprised at it there was a lot of people there for a high school a freshman high school football game mm-hmm. uh, and again lake brantley and lineman so that was cool to see um, you know, it was it was cool to see her and her friends again from afar. Uh, I was on a call with our folks from uh, deeper than the brand and the book club and, and continue to read through some some marketing and branding information and, and talking about bars that we're finding within the book. And once I was done with that, I stepped into the into the game and yeah, watch some football and again, watch my daughter from afar, make sure she was good. And then that was that. So. Um, so yeah, it was fun though. Definitely a good experience uh, and happy to do it for her. But now we're here Thursday night again with another edition of uh, Cold Brewing Convos coming at you on Facebook and on Instagram Live as well. Absolutely. Um, how, how you doing today? I'm doing well, man. All things considered, um, work is work. You know what I mean? Grind is grind. Fam's yeah. good. Mrs. is good. You know, good. Um, uh, Prego, she's doing well. Um, you know, eating, sleeping, same old, same old. Linux is tearing up the house like the Tasmanian devil he is. Um, and Geo, Geo is doing well in school, um, really focused on art. So, like, the focus right now is after school programs and activities yeah. and stuff like that. So, we're going to get him into some art stuff because he has a natural affinity for that. Um, really, really talented artist. We just got to continue to nurture that. And then Linux, interesting enough, um, it must be genetic, but he has uh, an affinity for music and musical instruments. So, like, when he's running around the house, like, he'll want to at least every day, at least spend like 20 minutes just banging around on the keyboard, forcing us to listen to him, like, listen, 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 bang, bang, bang. Um, or pretending like he's playing the drum. So, we're going to nurture that as well. Uh, but yeah, man, um, outside of that, uh, you know, just making sure that too, we've been like kind of checking in on our alpha test participants as we continue the work with yeah. our from purpose of profits program. And, um, and it's just been so rewarding so far, um, you know, working with these gentlemen and, you know, watching them piece, you know, put pieces together and go through this, this process of this truly discovering and defining and niching down their purpose so they can then focus their, their efforts on monetizing that and then scaling their business wherever they're currently at, um, in your, in their business walk. And so, you know, the occasional, uh, random text message, you yeah. know what I mean? Of like an idea, like, Oh, Hey, I was thinking about this. What do you think about this? And, you know, kind of exchanging that in real time has been dope. Uh, but I think the other thing actually has been, that's been rewarding from that process and, you know, made me think like, Hey, we should probably talk about this with our, uh, cold brew listeners on compromising entrepreneur listeners, right. Is, um, how, you know, these men are starting and other entrepreneurs that we work with, but they're coming to the realization of the different stages of their business, their small business. Like, I don't know, um, you know, why it's the case, but, you know, a lot of times when you're interacting with the entrepreneurs, like you get the sense that there's only two, like two uh, stages of their existence, like, or their business, like 
I thought of the idea and now it's a fully formed business and it's mature and it's scaled and all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and in reality, that's the furthest thing from the truth. There are like five like truly distinct stages that your small business goes through as you start off your journey as an entrepreneur to the point of exiting the business or continuing to scale it into and continuing to grow it. And we've been educating our entrepreneurs that have been working in the alpha, the alpha test on that. And, you know, folks are coming to the realization of what stage they're in. And so I was like, man, you know what? We probably should share this with our broader uncompromising entrepreneur audience, because I'm confident that there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are not even aware what stage you're currently in. Yeah. And if you don't know what stage you're in, your expectations aren't going to be set and you're not going to take the right action. So that's what I'm looking forward to really kind of chopping up with the audience today. Uh, and breaking down is those five stages of small business growth and how you can identify what stage you're in, um, you know, kind of what are the um, the the trends, the habits, the the events that occur in each of those stages. So, yeah, let's jump into it. Um, shout out to Bladed Luxury. Harry's hey. on uh, Instagram with us right now. Um so this is not a new model. This is not something that we came up with. Um, actually, we got inspiration from uh, an article that we came across in Forbes, and like you know, we we love what they were what they were explaining and how they were breaking it down. And then we was like, all right, you know, again, we saw relevance in conversations that we're having, and decided, you know, what this is definitely something that we want to dive into a little bit more and unpack. So. Um, let's do that. Number one is existence. And as we were talking about this particular stage, again, in referencing the the journey that we're taking the gentleman in our alpha test through is that that initial stage of I have an idea, right? I have this concept. How do I go through for us and what we've been helping them with over the first week or so is how do I ensure that that idea that I have is concrete and that it's something that is um, is going to be something I can take to market, right? And once I've gone through the research process, right? So it's, I have an idea. Uh, I start to do research. I start to, to look at other competitors and other companies out there, um, seeing what's out there in the market already. And then I start to, to act and continue to formulate my process and my, my idea itself, um, as I'm going through that. So, um, again, the first thing is existence and, making sure that you're you're validating your idea that you have. And some of us, we have a number of ideas and we have ideas and think, okay, this is going to be a way for me to, to make money or to provide this type of service or provide a specific solution to a problem. But we skip that opportunity to really validate and put in the work of researching uh, and using, you know, very simple tools like Google and going and seeing there's so much information out there, seeing what's out there and how can I, number one, understand what the competition is doing uh, Two, what can I glean from them as well? And how do I use some of those thoughts and ideas um, and continue to come up with questions that I should be asking myself to continue to validate this, this idea that I have. And again, make sure that it's concrete so I can move forward. Yeah, man. Uh, well said, like we've been stressing, um, and I know, you know, our listeners have heard us, you know, kind of shared this before that, you know, readers, uh, leaders are readers. Well, when we talk about entrepreneurship, you know, uh, our version of that is that earners are learners. Earners are learners. Yes. Earners are learners. And so, you know, when you have a commitment to really doing the research, like really sitting, like spending uninterrupted time saying, let, like, let me do my Googles. Let me pull up books. Let me pull up courses around my idea 
not just validating my idea, but what are all the different avenues that I need to take into consideration as I plan on growing this, scaling this, uh, monetizing it, commercializing some of these these ideas in this research? You know, um, what is the information I can glean around product fit? And then once I have all of that in that existence stage, I also have to be prepared to be agile mm-hmm. and respond to changes or things that I learn as I go on this process. Because um, the other thing I think that sometimes we we trick ourselves into as entrepreneurs is when we first start a business, we're almost afraid to pivot our strategy or our approach out of fear that we're almost conceding that we can't do the, like we can't grow the business. We can't do yeah. the, the thing we wanted to do. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. A pivot in strategy, a change in approach, being agile, switching up your, your model is not uh, an admission of you know, um, defeat, it's strategizing. It's finding out a a different way of implementation and growth and a different way to solve the problem that's in front of you. So you have to be able to be agile. Um, And it's important that for that one, very specifically being agile, not only do you have open-mindedness, but you also stay within kind of the realm of, you know, what stage you're in, because if you start to make decisions, um, you know, that are not aligned with the stage that you're in, the existing stage of your business, right? Let's, for example, like we know uh, the government is giving out money, PPP loans. So you got people that were going out, they had an idea, they quickly started an LLC and they immediately applied for a PPP loan, right? They wanted to get the money from the from the government. Some with the, the true intent of saying, oh, if I get my hands on the money, then I'll be able to grow the business. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the folks that were finessing the system and just trying to get the money, right? But folks that were saying, okay, if I start my business, now's the perfect time to do so. And let me get this money from the government to help accelerate. Well, securing additional funding is really like the third stage of your, your small business growth. If you're still in stage one when it comes to idea validation, commercializing the research, product fit, and then being agile, you could paint yourself into a corner where you no longer can be agile because you're worried about paying back this money that you just secure funding for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just really important that you understand what stage you're currently in so that you can operate as such and focus on um, level setting your expectations and delivering to those expectations where you're adding your business. So, yeah, the first stage is existence. Now, you get past the existence stage. Let's say you've validated your idea. You've started to um, monetize the research. You found your product fit. You found your tribe. You're talking to the folks that you need to be. You're agile. You're in business. You put up the, the open for business sign. Well, the next stage is survival. Like, how do you ensure that you survive until you hit that critical intersection of yeah. now I'm generating revenue, I'm monetizing, like I'm actually able to extract profit and invest in myself and continue to invest in the business. And so some of the key signs of being in that survival stage of your business is if your focus is primarily on customer service and building loyalty, the building mm-hmm. loyalty to your business, building loyalty to um you know, to, uh, to your brand and then profitability and growth. And what we mean by that is like having a, a, a laser like focus on your P and L and making sure that, you know, every penny is accounted for and you're being a good steward of the little bit of money that you have and you're focused on, am I getting a return on what I'm investing yeah. and how can I reinvest some of that profit into the business from a growth perspective? 
um, you know, um, we've recently found ourselves along our entrepreneurship journey, like kind of in the survival slash success um, stage, right? Transitioning into the success stage, which is stage three, because every penny that we got from classes, courses, speaking engagements, one-on-one coaching has been invested right back into the business for the next endeavor of growing it and scaling it and continuing to build out the business, right? Yeah. So that second stage is really about survival. It's about you know, the service, the, the loyalty, uh, building loyalty, profitability, and growth. Ooh, cognitive flexibility and learn how to master that as an entrepreneur. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I always think that, I always say that, um, you know, entrepreneurs, the ones that I've ran into, entrepreneurs may not necessarily be um, traditionally book smart in a sense, but they are very um, witty and like kind of agile on their on their toes. They have the ability to pivot quickly and kind of find solutions to complex problems or to see a path where a path doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love that that cognitive flexibility, calling that out. Um, that's a, a critical skill to master. Um, a critical skill to master and to leverage, because uh, that's the other thing too. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs don't do the best job of leveraging their their God given ability because they overthink situations. But that's a whole nother cold brew conversation, <laughs> <laughs> a whole different cold brew conversation. But yeah, so, so the second stage of your small business growth is survival, and just building on that customer loyalty. I think you know it's important, right? If you're starting with, depending on what this service or product is. You, know, you don't have a lot of customers at the beginning, so it's important in that survival mode to to survive and to keep going is to make sure that you're focusing on, you know, what is how can I create the best possible experience for the people that I'm serving right now and that I'm working with? And that continues to help build that customer loyalty, which I think feeds into that part of that third stage, which is now that I'm, I'm moving out of survival mode and getting into this success stage, which is the third stage. Now there's an ability to start incentivizing word of mouth because you've built you've built customer loyalty, you've provided great service, a great product, and now how do I continue to do that and get people to tell other people? Uh, I was looking for the book that we're reading. Uh, it's called Contagious, uh, and it was just talking about in in one of the chapters. Chapter two is about triggers, uh, and just the fact that you know you don't want to just um, you want to be front of mind, but you also want to be on the tip of their tongue. You know what I mean? So you've created such an experience for people that, again, they, they can't help but to talk about your product or service because you've made such an impact on them. Yeah, I mean, honestly, especially early on um, in your small business, that word of mouth, marketing, branding, endorsement, whatever, cosign, whatever you want to call it, it's just so critically important because it can make or break you. It really can. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no amount of money that you can invest in things like traditional SEO, Facebook marketing, hiring a social media marketer, stuff like that, that is going to outweigh the impact of actual customers that have received your per- your your product going out and evangelizing for you about their experience because people mm-hmm. put a lot of weight in that, especially with small businesses. It's, it's funny how that dynamic works. Like when you're talking about larger businesses, people don't really tend to give a lot of credibility or stake into, you know, kind of word of mouth, unless it's like the general sentiment or consensus is this is a bad experience, right? Like you almost have like this viral, um, you know, feedback of don't use this company you know, this is horrible. Yeah. Um, most of the time people, 
you know, they're willing to trust, well, this is a large company, so they must be successful and, and they must have some type of good product or service. I'm going to give them a chance where small businesses, it's very much like, all right, do, do I know anybody that's worked with them? I need recommendations. I need to know what their experience was like. I need to know the feedback of that experience before I'm willing to trust my dollar to the small, the small business. And so when you know that, um, especially in that success stage and that survival and success stage, you know, being able to incentivize that and kind of weaponize for lack of a better term, weaponize that word of mouth can be a really, really important, um, important uh, tool that you can use as you continue to grow your business when you're in that stage. Um, and then of course, like it's at this stage from a success perspective that you start to think about securing funding for expansion. And the reason why is because you've already proven out through stage one and stage two, my model is viable. Like my idea is good. My tribe is right. I'm, I'm getting customers. I'm delivering on the experience. The model is viable. Mm -hmm. So I, I can, I can monetize the model. Now I need to put accelerant in it so that more people can see it. So I can do it on a larger scale. So I can invest in maybe some other forms of marketing to start driving demand to what I'm doing. Uh, but now I'm at that point for expansion because it's calculated risk. It's low risk. Cause I know if I, you know, if I invest and I get customers, the outcome is going to be favorable. Um, but it's only at that stage after you've gone through existence and survival, and then you've gotten to success. And if you do that right, then you end up in the next stage of your small business growth, which is really the takeoff stage. And that's where you have to catch up with the demand that you've generated. So now you're yeah. trying to solve for things like, how do I scale my operations? Now, is, am I at the point where I need to start hiring people, hiring other folks that um, can believe in the brand, can represent the brand, can help me out with delivering the level of customer service and loyalty that we've been able to deliver on so far? And so what does that look like? What does it look like to bring more people into the operations in the fold, to onboard them, to train them? What am I going to trust them with? And then, of course, you know, because it's not always roses, you also have to be prepared for you know, being resilient as a business, the what ifs, the, the business continuity, the contingency planning, because now as that's kind of the double edged sword of this thing is as you see more success, you inherently grow more risk because mm -hmm. right? now I'm, I have a higher volume of customers or clients that I'm servicing. Um, um, you know, the optics of my business being successful is going to attract people who want to test that or maybe see an opportunity to um, come up and, you know, take advantage, right? Because they feel like, you know, they're counting my pockets. And so they, they, they have an idea in their mind of how successful we are. Hey, maybe I can get a piece of that. Like you have all of those things that you have to start to guard, uh, guard from um, and guard for. And so now you're also thinking about, okay, how do I overcome those challenges? How do I ensure that I have strong business continuity in place now that other people are depending on the business? And then how do I contingency plan in case, things don't happen in case I have a broken relationship with a vendor. And so now that impacts my ability to, de to deliver product and I have this excess of, of demand. What do I do in that situation? Like that's when you really start to solve for those things in that, that fourth stage of your small business, which is that takeoff stage. Yeah. When you were talking about the PPE, I think about that contingency plan, right? Cause it's an extreme case you know, hundreds of years, you're not, you're not planning for a pandemic, you know, to hit and for us to go through and experience what we've experienced. I think though, 
again, not to that extreme point, but there's so many entrepreneurs that they don't ask themselves any what if questions. So when something does happen and they hit that point, there is no plan B or plan C or plan D because they haven't, you know, they haven't worked and put the time to think about those things, to plan with their team and to build out some type of contingency plan. Um, you're not always going to have the opportunity, right, to, to have the government help you in that situation. It was, of course, a massive challenge across the country. But if you're just a small business owner by yourself going through some type of, of extreme situation that is specific to you, Again, if you don't have that contingency plan in place, that could be your business completely. Um, mm -hmm. You've just gotten to that point. Maybe you're just starting to take off and now you've hit this this roadblock that you don't know how to overcome. Um, even as problem solvers, there's just some situations that you need to make sure that you're not going to be able to have everything detailed out. But at least if this happens, what would we do? How would how would we handle this situation? Uh, so I think that's just that's critical in any business is to think about, again, the what is and make sure you have some type of planning for that. Yeah, actually, uh, kind of on that note, um, you know, it's, to your point, it's even things that um, you hope never come to pass. And obviously it may not be as large scale as a pandemic, but our yeah. realities of just living. Like I was actually talking to um, somebody who unfortunately um, their father had turned, had gotten ill unexpectedly and ended up passing. Yeah. And they had a family business. Um, they have a family business of dog training. So they have this established business of being, you know, dog trainers. Um, mm -hmm. And they had a bunch of different celebrity clientele and all this other stuff. And the, you know, the family, it was a family run business. So the family was also part of the business. You, know, you had one family member that was a trainer. You had another family member that was kind of the sales arm, the one that was generating or identifying clients and having the relationships and going through that. And then you had <clears throat> the father who was, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, owner operator, uh, where he was just making sure that kind of the you know, the, the financials of the business continue to stay in line. Well, because, um, you know, he's fairly young and this was unexpected when he unfortunately passed, there was no contingency planning on what happens with the business. Now who takes over between yeah. this individual who's a trainer and this individual who's a salesperson, like who's going to fill that void of being the, the operator and what, you know, even the basic stuffs of the basic things of, all right, well, you know, how do we transition the business from the father's name to this person's name mm -hmm. or to the other person's name? And where's the paperwork for the prior tax returns? And who's the financial, the, um, the financial planner that we've been working with or the accountant we've been working with in order, like, what are the important relationships to the business? And obviously these are things that, you know, you would pray you never have to really deal with or confront and you can transition the business effectively and live off in retirement, you know, and know that it's in good hands. Right. So you don't want to be in the situation where it's unexpected, but the reality is that that could come to pass. Absolutely, and yeah. so, especially when you get to that point of, you know, where you've, built this business through those three, you know, three phases, four phases, you're starting to scale, you're starting to see success, you're turning, mm -hmm. you're turning good revenue, you're starting to monetize, like, who's going to, you have to plan for who's going to take over in the event of, you know, unforeseen circumstances and acts of God and nature. Um, and so it's important. I know that as entrepreneurs, sometimes we don't want to think about that, but we need to spend the time thinking about that. Um, because we have to be able to plan. And especially as the business continues to grow, 
you know, the last thing you want to do is create that risk or that uncertainty because what could happen is when, and unfortunately it happened in this situation because that uncertainty existed when he was no longer involved, they had to essentially shutter the business. I had to shutter the entire business um, and uh, pivot. They had to pivot and now they're trying to build another version of that business, hopefully with the same clientele and the whole yeah. nine, but you're starting over from scratch. scratch. And, and even if they were, they're successful in retaining 100% of their clients from one to the other, because that should be the case, it still doesn't change the fact that there's time that's lost, some time that's lost now because we have to File a new LLC, file a new DBA. We have to uh, find, you know, find a new account and make sure that the money's uh, on point. Like, make sure the financials are on point. Make sure our W nines are on point. Make sure we get the EIN. Make sure that we get the website. Like, you have to do all of this other stuff. That honestly, if contingency contingency planning was done properly, you would have never had to expend any calories doing so. Yeah, yeah, it's important. Yes, good business owners, entrepreneurs need to go through a scenario analysis and worst case scenario to be ready. Absolutely, 100%. Now, it's a good little um, kind of case study that you, you brought up for sure. Um, so as we continue to go through these five stages of small business growth, we just hit you with the first four, existence, survival, success, and then that takeoff period. And then number five, very important as well, is is resource maturity. Um, this is where you really look to continue to maintain the hopefully the levels of excellence you know that you've created in your customer service and the product that you're providing uh, and then start to to look to really scale the business from there. Yeah, like this is where you're talking about a couple of things. One, like how do we maintain the standard of customer service and loyalty that we become known for, but on a on a big, a larger level on a, on a scalable level. Now, maybe it was easy to do when I was dealing with a hundred clients, you know, a hundred clients a month, but now I'm dealing with thousands of clients a month. Well, how do I ensure that the experience those thousands of clients a month are getting? It's the same as the experience that the hundred clients were getting, um, <clears throat> in terms of, uh, in terms of, um, you know, speed, you know, speed to delivery, one-on-one -on -one attention, answering questions, the whole, the whole nine. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing too is now this is where kind of the the fiscal discipline of your business, the fiscal discipline of your business gets accelerated or heightened even more because now maybe while you were in the success and the takeoff stage, you were investing like crazy from a marketing perspective, maybe even to the point of having like a loss leader where you were like, look, I know I'm taking a, a loss on this, but this is how I acquire new clients. This is how I get more visibility, right? I need to grow my client base. So I'm willing to take the loss and maybe my margins aren't favorable. Well, now that you've gotten the business to a healthy space, a healthy pit, a, a place, well, now this is where you need to go back and you need to say, okay, let me double down on my P&L now. Like, mm -hmm. let me scale back my costs. Let me make sure that my, like my, my margins are healthy so I can continue to scale and turn profit. And I'm not growing, but losing money. Cause we've seen yeah. that happen with small businesses too, where your top line revenue is growing because you're acquiring new customers and you're doing all this other great stuff, but you can't keep them right. You're not keeping them. And your cost measures are all out of whack. Because you either have inefficiency or you're, you know, bleeding money from a marketing perspective, and now you're, you know, you're making a million dollars top line revenue but losing money when you were making a hundred thousand top line revenue and turning a, a, a small profit. Well, it's because again, your your 
your P&L, you know, kind of your financial disciplines are kind of out of whack. So when you get to that point of resource maturity, it's about maintaining the experience while also maintaining the discipline and in, in your margins and your finances uh, from a P&L perspective. Um, so that your, your business is sustainable. And then from there, you got decisions to make. Is it I'm still riding this thing out, and you know I'm gr- I'm still growing, and I continue want to be I want to continue to be an owner operator, or do you finally get to the point in the business where you're ready to exit? Maybe this opportunity, uh, maybe still be, be a stakeholder, maybe still you know be an investor, maybe still be an owner, but you're no longer an operator, and you've turned over the keys to somebody else, and now you're going off to tackle the next thing. And that's obviously. Um, I think as entrepreneurs, um, just knowing what I know about us and how we're wired, that's the thing that we ultimately aspire to get to is I've built this. I've gotten where it needs to be. I've solved the problems with it. I've, I can turn it over to somebody else because I, I want to go solve a new problem. I want to go yeah. figure out another puzzle and I'm still making money off of this and I'm building my legacy by tackling the next kind of challenge that's in front of me. So um, hopefully that's kind of that last little piece of that fifth stage of your small business growth. And then hopefully you know, you're fortunate enough to go off and start at you know stage one again with a new business and a new opportunity. Yeah. Or start coaching other people on how to do it. Facts, big facts. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but a good breakdown, man. I definitely appreciate that for our uncompromising entrepreneurs. There you have it. Five stages of small business growth. Again, existence, survival, success, takeoff. <sighs> And then resource maturation, all important, um, again, to think about, to prepare for and just make sure that and hopefully you're, you know, while you're working on today, you're also thinking about the future. Right. And thinking about, you know, what is what is the exit strategy? Right. Like, you know, we have this business and we want to get started, but at least giving some thought into those different stages. And and what am I going to be able to to do? How am I going to be able to handle um, the progress as I'm going through those different stages. So fire. Appreciate that. Absolutely, man. If, for our entrepreneurs, if you really want to get into kind of the nitty gritty, we'll be glad to, um, when this episode actually gets posted, um, live, um, well not live, but, um, on our podcast platform on Saturdays. So if you guys happen to miss the actual cold brew, um, you can always catch us on replay. It's going to be on the Facebook pages in the group, so you can always catch us on replay. But again, if you're not posted in your Facebook account and you want to listen to us on the go, every Saturday we drop the audio for the Cold Brew and Convos um, for the Uncompromising Entrepreneurship Podcast, so you can take a listen there as well. And so when we drop the podcast on Saturday, we'll make sure we include the link to the uh, Forbes article um, that we really kind of studied and digested and then you know interpreted it here for, uh, for you all to listen to in case you want to go back and, and read it yourself about the five stages. But hopefully your takeaway from this as you um, as we close this thing out is you're analyzing and assessing like what stage are you in right now yeah because again i you know um a lot of entrepreneurs that we've uh, had the opportunity to work with they don't realize that those five stages exist uh, again they think it's i had the idea and the minute i i start the L- I, I filed the llc and i start the business now i'm on step five of you know i'm thinking about how do i maintain customers and scale and you know being lean and like, nah, fam, you like skipped like mad other stages, mad other stages that honestly build on each other to get you to that point of scalability. Um, so definitely ask yourself what stage you're at. And if you don't know, 
and you need some advice on how to identify it and maybe uh, what you can do uh, in order to accelerate your movement and growth through that stage, well, then hit us up on uncompromisingcoaches.com and uh, ask for a free consult. Jimmy and I would be glad to spend time with you. Um, and just ask you, you know, take you through an intake form, ask you a couple of questions about your business and give you know, our perspective on where you're currently at and then what you can do in order to accelerate your growth there, man. We love talking about this stuff. So absolutely. I'm, I'm cheesing and, and laughing in my, in my mind. Cause as you were saying that I'm thinking about for any of our South park fans out there or <laughs> old school South park fans like myself, I'm thinking about the uh, episode with the underpants gnomes and trying to teach the boys about business. Step one, collect underpants. Step two, step three, profits. profits. It's not that easy. <laughs> profits. It's not that easy. So, and speaking of episodes dropping again, the uh, the recording of this and the video will be dropping this weekend. Uh, but our 56th episode just dropped yesterday. Um, and that one is titled, you came up with the title. Oh, binge watching, binge watching for research purposes. <laughs> binge watching for research purposes. Um, so it's a yeah, whole episode about growth mindset. Uh, exactly. For those that don't know, we're talking about entrepreneurship and having the growth mindset to be successful as an entrepreneur. And we just happen to stumble on this conversation of our favorite, uh, you know, shows and movies to watch that. While you may not be aware of it, actually demonstrate some of these concepts of a growth mindset. Hundred uh, percent, yeah. Um, and so when you listen to it, you kind of you may be left with like, man, like for as much as these guys watch TV, like how are they actually like building a business and coaching people? But I promise you, if we're binge watching, it's for research purposes. For research purposes. <laughs> Yes, so sir, make 100%. sure you check it out. Make yeah, sure so check out the uh, the audio um, version of that, and then the vidcast will be dropping this evening um, shortly. So uh, for our YouTube subscribers and our folks that appreciate the the visual piece of that too, be on the lookout for that video dropping again very very soon. Um, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Five stages of uh, small business growth. Um, yes, take advantage, do that, that planning, work through it. And again, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us for our folks on Instagram. Thank you for joining us as well. Uh, and for our folks in our Facebook group, uh, the uncompromising entrepreneurs group, uh, again, thank you for riding out. We appreciate you being here with us and investing some time uh, in yourself to learn more, to be a part of the conversation. Uh, thank you for that. Again, we appreciate you as always, y'all. Uh, God bless and stay encouraged until next time. You have just listened to the Uncompromising Entrepreneur Podcast, hosted by Jimmy Gonzalez and Devon Watts. Thank you, and we hope that you pursue your passion, create profits, and build a legacy. Until next time, y'all.